Mobile Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, back on the plus side, up six points to 21,179. Little change, though. Stocks have been fluctuating after retreating from records. Treasuries fell after former FBI Director James Comey testified to Congress. The tenure down 530 seconds with a yield of 2.19%. S&P down half a point at 24.32, a drop of less than one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ up 21 to 63.18. That is a gain of three-tenths of one percent. Gold down $13 the ounce now at 12.80, a drop there of one percent. And West Texas Intermediate Crude down nine cents a barrel, 45.63, a drop there of two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Well, coming up, the ETF report is brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here's Catherine Cowdery. Smart beta and factor ETF strategies are growing in popularity. More than half of the ETF launches this year have been smart beta funds, and they have about $520 billion in assets. In the midst of this popularity, there are some concerns about the complexity of some of the multi-factor strategies. These products have advanced to a level where it requires, you know, a CFA to really understand the underlying methodology. That's Matt Hogan, chief executive of Inside ETFs. He has some suggestions on how to evaluate a smart beta ETF. First of all, cost matters. So look for a smart beta strategy that doesn't charge you too much. Your confidence in the brand and the strategy matters a lot as well. So even if you don't understand the arcane workings of Goldman Sachs quant strategy, if you believe in the strength of Goldman Sachs asset management arm and you're willing to stick with them through thick and thin, then that might be a good choice. Hogan emphasizes that average investors don't hold these factor-based ETFs long enough to benefit from their strategies. He says they're designed to be held over the course of three to ten years. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. Yeah, that's what everybody's trying to do is find a good deal, a bargain perhaps, in today's market environment. Kind of tough with some names considering some of the run-ups that we've seen. Let's talk a bit about uh, the markets and specific picks. Uh, Larry Pitkowski is back with us, co-founder, co-portfolio manager uh, at Good Haven Capital Management, roughly $400 million in assets under management, based in Millburn, New Jersey, back in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Nice to have you back with us. Oh, nice to be here, Carol. Um, when you look at the market, uh, is it... You know, we talk about some of the names that really have had a, a tremendous run, but as we heard from our Bloomberg Stocks columnist Dave Wilson earlier, like if you took take a look at consumer discretionary and you take out Amazon, there's a lot of names in terms of valuations that are much more reasonable out there. Uh, that something like Amazon kind of distorts a certain sector. When you look at the market, do you find lots of opportunities out there? I wouldn't say that in today's world we find lots of opportunities. You know, the market overall, the indexes are high by any historic measure. But that's uh, the index, which can be skewed by correct. a few names. That's correct. And I think uh, going forward, I think it really behooves you to really do some digging and try and look a bit less like the index and try and find some real one-off bargains, which is what we try and do. And I think we've constructed a portfolio that is much more attractively valued than the overall market at the Good Haven Fund. 
Um, it's, it's a question I ask a lot of our uh, money managers who come on the show, but I'll ask you as well. You know, how do you do that? What, do you, what kind of characteristics do those stocks, financial characteristics, do they have? You know, Corey, I think good old-fashioned fundamental analysis is at the root of everything that we do, okay? We wake up every day and we try and look for things where we think we don't have a lot of downside, where we have a lot of upside. Often that means wading into areas that are currently unpopular or out of favor. I mean, to give you an interesting historic example, you know, uh, Google Alphabet is one of our top five holdings, but when we purchased it at under 300 bucks a share, it was unpopular. It was out of favor. There was criticism about their acquisition of YouTube. There was criticism about management's cost controls or what people felt were lack thereof, and it created an opportunity. So I think you need to look where there is some fear, some uncertainty, or where there is potentially a mispriced uh, opportunity, and that we will always do, even though the areas where we find them will change with the times. We should point out to your your fund, if I'm correct, I'm just looking at some numbers, I think it was up about 20% last year? That's correct. We were up about 20% last year, and though we started the year a little bit behind the eight ball, and uh, that was because of some interesting opportunities we had uncovered that worked out well in energy. And once again, it's interesting Year-to-date, energy is actually now one of the poorest performing, if not the poorest performing market sector, and we think there are some opportunities there. That means you've been buying in that area? We have been doing some buying, correct. What specifically, Larry? You know, the one of the most interesting things about the companies we found in the energy area is that our thesis has nothing to do with predicting the price of oil or gas, which we don't think we have the skill set to do. Mm. We found two companies where we think... That could be a fool's game. Well, we don't (laughs) think we have that skill set. We think we we do have a potential skill set to identify good management teams and attractive stock prices. At WPX Energy, which is a big holding for us, Rick Moncrief is a great CEO. We think the stock is cheap, even if oil doesn't really do much. It's been killed this year. It's been very weak lately. At least on the share price. The share price has been killed. The company itself is moving along with a very attractive growth plan. They plan to grow oil production and cash flow between 30 and 40 percent between now per year between now and 2020. They're 75 percent hedged at oil over 50 bucks for 2017. Management has bought stock at over 13 bucks earlier in the year. So we think stock's trading at 971 right 971 now. and we think it's very easy for us to see that the stock could easily be worth twice the current price under a certain set of circumstances. Hedging above 50, we've got oil at 45 and change. Is that maybe, though, a dangerous play if they're hedging for something? I mean, No, I, I think they're hedging to protect their ability to deliver on their growth plans. I don't think they're – I think that they believe we're not in the business of guessing the price of oil over some short period of time. We want to make sure we protected our cash flow so we can embark on the growth plan that we've laid out. You said, let me, let me, oh, sorry. Carol, go that's ahead. okay. I was going to say, you say you like the CEO. What is it that, and tell me about how closely, I mean, do you meet with them? What is it that you look in, look at or, you know, that you get kind of above and beyond just looking at some financials? You know, you've met with him, I'm assuming, and his team, and, and that's what says, I like this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Rick came in to run the company in 2014, not only did we had we met with him, okay, and did we meet with him, uh, we went out and we tried to talk to dozens of people who had worked with him in his prior life. It's very important for us to really understand who's at the helm of a commodity company because capital allocation skills are very, very important because there's things in the business that they don't control. So uh, they have embarked on a plan which they've laid out. They have done what they have said. They have bought stock for themselves in a material way along the way. They have exceeded many of their own targets along the way. So mm-hmm. we've grown comfortable that they can execute uh, within the things that they can control. 
So at the time when you first looked at it, as me finding out more about how you look at stocks as much as anything, you had a business that was growing at a pretty good clip top line in 2014, um, although, you know, uh, first quarter 25 percent uh, top line growth uh, for the year 16 percent what was it about the numbers in 2014 that put this on your radar that you were willing to spend the time to meet management and so on i think it was really the new management that put it that really made it attractive to us i mean rick came from a very i i, I think a successful background having been in continental resources at burlington resources and at con that which became absorbed by conoco and he had uh done some very interesting things historically, and he was here getting his chance in the CEO seat at a company that had some interesting assets but really had not been well run. And he has set out to remake the company and now has them centered around the Permian, owns Mm -hmm. some of the best acreage in the Permian, which he bought in 2015 before the Permian really became the focus point of uh, U.S. production. And we think he's probably doubled his money from that purchase just over this period of time. I'd love to talk about more of your picks. you got to come back because I, I know will. American Airlines is something you like, and I've just been looking at the airlines. And from a consumer's perspective, I find American pretty interesting because I think some of the big consolidation moves have made it, uh, it is very interesting. difficult for it's, some of the carriers. It's working out well, and I'll be happy to come back and talk about it. All right, Larry Potowski, he's a co-founder, co-portfolio manager at Good Haven Capital Management based in Millburn, New Jersey, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Thursday. This is Bloomberg.